Welcome back to another episode of Important Miscellaneous Talks. I'm your host, Glasser Crossfield, and we are changing the world podcast at a time. Our wonderful guest, please introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Todd Bowerly. Um, what do you want me to say about myself? I'm a, I'm a mindset. <laughs> well, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, explain who you are and what you do for the people that don't know. Yeah, so I, my name's Todd Bowerly. I'm a mindset coach. Uh, I coach Bob Proctor's material, so I'm certified to, to coach his program, Thinking and Results. I'm one of the top coaches in the world, uh, one of the 1% coaches in the world, teaching that we become what we think about. Nice. Uh, so have you have you always wanted to take this career path, or did you ever have a backup plan? Uh, no, I, I, I think like how life should evolve, uh, what I do for my career evolved out of, um, understanding of my natural talents and really like, to be honest, trying to figure out my own life. You know, I fell into this material, uh, because I felt like I was stuck. I wasn't successful and this helped me unlock my talents. And, um, you know, I, I have many clients or people that have been on my team that say, Todd, you are doing what you were born to be doing. But I mean, it's hard one. It's not easy. It's not obvious. I thought I'd go be a therapist or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but here I am doing this. And so it's, you know, what you want to be when you grow up, everybody wants to figure mm-hmm. that out. But that's a process of discovery. You discover that. You said, what do you want to be when did you, when you grow up? What did you want to be when you grew up as a child? Dude, I, I love that question. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit of a geek. Um, I wanted to... Like, as a child, I was fascinated with Star Wars and Star Wars movies. Like, I thought I would go work on Star Wars movies. Um, I'd love to, you know, I was fascinated with special effects and painting and drawing. And um, so uh, I wanted to do something to work in movies. Um, in, In my later youth, I picked up the guitar and became talented there. I had a band when we played on the radio once. I thought I'd love to be a musician. Um, and you know, life doesn't turn out that way. But if I knew what I knew now back then, I probably would have been one of those two things, but that's what brought me joy. So what's the, what what are some of the most common limiting beliefs that humans have that aren't true? I would say the majority of what everybody thinks and believes about themselves are not true. Um, human beings are a very interesting animal. I think the, ma- the majority of what we tell ourselves is a lie. You know, mm-hmm. we lie about our own potential. We lie about our gifts and our talents. We lie about being responsible for our life. Um, we have a lot of, of power and potential. And I think some of us, we don't know how to access it. So mm-hmm. we have a lot of false beliefs about, about that. Um, a lot of us, uh, are afraid of our power. Uh, and so we have a lot of lies about that. And a lot of us were really addicted to a victim mindset. You know, I think one of the greatest, the, if not the greatest addiction that we have on the planet is that powers outside of us are stronger than ourselves. Um, at least those are the lies that we tell ourselves. But like I said, we, I love movies. Um, you love the Lakers, you love sports. We love stories of people that do exceptional things because there's something inside of us about overcome. Like we recognize overcoming our conditions and circumstances is, is a key part of the life. And whenever people talk about why they can't achieve something or the conditions and circumstances of their life or the, 
systemic nonsense that absolutely exists in this world and does have an effect on us, I always ask the question, what do you think is more powerful, your conditions and circumstances or the human spirit? And we recognize we have that inside of us, but we would say, well, that's true for you. It's mm. not true for me. Mm. And I think that's, we hold ourselves as the exception. Mm. Right? In your content, you talk a lot about self-awareness and understanding yourself. So what are some of the best ways for us to uh, increase our self-awareness and increase our understanding of ourselves? Uh, well, the only way that you're going to grow in understanding with some form of study. First, you have to, I think, recognize what what understanding is. Understanding is the opposite of ignorance. And so I'm not calling anybody ignorant, but I was certainly ignorant of my own potential and how to become successful. I, Ignorant is just a state of not knowing, and you don't know what you don't know. So how do you resolve that ignorance? Well, it's through study. So study of, I mean, obviously, I've got a ton of books back here. Most of them I've read. Um, some of them I haven't. Uh, some of them I've started and walked away from. But I, I study constantly. Uh, and life is, a, a, is about, like, the growing awareness of life is about finding different puzzle pieces and putting them together so that you understand your picture more clearly mm. so you have to study i would say the words of other people that have figured out those puzzle pieces number two you have to study yourself how do you think how do you feel what actions are you taking so that you can be aware of where you're at and then um it's about applying mm. the knowledge that you get to yourself knowledge for the sake of knowledge does nothing Applied knowledge unlocks, I think, the secrets of the universe. You, you, Gabo. Yeah, uh, you had, I want to touch back on certain things you said so that I can truly understand. You said that we, we lie to ourselves, whether it be uh, our potential or this or that. But why do we do that? I, I mean, I think it's, I think it's fear. I think I think that we we either man I was just reading this the other day in a book and I can't think of what book it was um, and it made so much sense like we learn we learn to lie when we watch our parents do it and to tell a white lie about this or that or or whatever we 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 lie to avoid pain and discomfort right um, something happens and you don't want to get in trouble you're conduct a concoct a really elaborate story to avoid getting in trouble right or we lie to try and twist the situation to our benefit because we don't believe or trust we're afraid it's not going to work out the way that we want so we just build the habit of trying to control our reality because i think in a sense we're at our core we feel out of control and lying is just one of those behaviors that we can use to start to control what I think of me and what you think of me and what someone else thinks of me so that I can try and navigate this world to some kind of safety. Mm. I read somewhere that, are you a career coach as well? Yeah, so I started as a career coach. Uh, well, I started, when does one starter end? I'll t I, I began like, this type of career studying family and human development in school at Arizona State University, um, just trying to understand people. Again, I thought I'd be a therapist, 
I worked in therapeutic group homes in Utah for a long period of time with um, kids that were victims and perpetrators of, of sexual abuse. Um, uh, and so I did that for a period of time. And then I became a career coach working for the state of Utah. I wrote a lot of their curriculum, uh, teaching people how to write resumes and interview better. Um, people that were on a, on government assistance, as well as, especially during the, the recession uh, between 2012 and 2017, I also worked with people that had jobs and lost them and were all had all kinds of education levels. So um, as a coach, when I first quit that safe and secure job to work for myself, I was career coaching people. I took my specialized knowledge of career coaching and just made a business out of it. Um, so that's where my my own business as an entrepreneur started as a career coach. What are some of the best ways to advance your career? To grow yourself. Mm. You know, we think that a degree uh, will unlock doors for us. But uh, and we think that a degree is growing like that's within our cultural expectations. Uh, I don't know something. I go to school, I get a degree and then hopefully everything else takes care of itself but the kind of education that you get in in school is one of reading and repeating to pass tests to prove you have some kind of knowledge but just because we have knowledge doesn't mean we're doing it if you really want to advance your career you need to grow yourself it is all about expanding your mindset examining limiting beliefs and changing them and thinking different any advancement, I mean, any advancement in the world is made by someone who says, I believe that this is possible. And the rest of the world looks at them and goes, you're nuts. I mean, that's how we developed airplanes, right? The Wright brothers opened us up to that new kingdom. Uh, that's, that's how man climbed Everest. You know, advancements are made by the person that has grown their mindset beyond the group. Mm. And college education doesn't give you that. It, I think college education is important. I'm not going to tell anybody to not go to school, but we're coming to a different reality. You know, people like Elon Musk or Gary Vee will tell you college is kind of a waste of time because it's all about applying your knowledge and what impact you're going to make. And you can self-educate yourself and grow your awareness on what you're capable of. And then you become more valuable. Mm. So, so let me tie it up in a, in a nicer bow. The amount of money that you earn is tied to the value that you give somebody. Mm. And if you increase your personal growth, you become more valuable. And that's how you advance. So would you would you say that one of the best ways to educate ourselves would be something simple as reading books, which I don't think a vast majority of America or middle America is doing. Yeah, I mean, the value in books cannot be underestimated. But I'll tell you, I read books. Um, I could read Seven Habits of Highly... I remember one of the first books I read in in the nonfiction world was Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. I mean, that's something that's, that's a book that's on the tip of everyone's tongue. And I read the book and I remember conducting a training on it for my career coaching group at the state, like the next day um, as I was reading through it. Uh, but I didn't apply it to myself. I had the knowledge in here and it sounded great as theory, but I didn't understand how to apply it to myself. 
So yes, you can get that knowledge, but then you're still left with that gap of how do I apply it to myself? Now, this sounds self-serving because I'm a coach and a mentor, but I had to hire a coach. I had to invest in myself to have someone point out the blind spots I had in my life. And so to have someone that had a greater knowledge and awareness of how my mind worked, of how to, how to fix my lacking self-confidence and to learn from them, that's the most powerful experience I've ever had. So you have to have some self-study, but you need someone further ahead down the path from where you are to light the way a little bit, to encourage you, to help beckon you forward. Otherwise, you're just trying to figure it out by yourself. So, so basically a mentor or a coach, I think so. Yeah. Someone who's further ahead of the path. Now that can be someone you pay for. That could be someone who's in your same company, someone doing what you want to do. Those are the people that you, that you want to be working with. Someone who's had been successful doing what you want to do. You want to find some way to learn from them because when you learn from someone else, uh, you get to learn from their mistakes, right? For free. So they're, well, maybe not if it's paid more mentorship. Yeah, you've got to pay it there, but I'd rather pay to learn from someone else's mistakes than make expensive mistakes on my own, right? So I learn from their mistakes. I get a download of their knowledge. I get to borrow their belief in me because they can see me from an angle that I can't see myself at. And then you've got all the encouragement and motivation that goes along with it. It's the most powerful thing. And when you think about it, as kids, you guys had mentors. Now they might be teachers, maybe their parents, and everybody's got different circumstances we're born into. But I never would have learned how to put on my pants if my mentors, my parents, taught me how to do that. We learn from other people all of the time. What are some of the best ways to reprogram your subconscious? Yeah, so it's the first law of learning, and that is repetition. Mm. You learn something through repetition. I mean, you know, you got is that Kobe behind you, right? How many, how many, how many shots did Kobe take from the free throw free throw line, right? In his career, not just on the court, mm -hmm. but in practicing. It's repetition over and over and over again. Contrast that with, let's say, just the average, the average middle American person. How many times do they tell themselves over and over that they can't do it, that they can't succeed? How many times, I mean, if someone is, and I worked a lot with people struggling with intergenerational poverty, how many times did they tell themselves they can't get ahead in life or that the system's against them? It's, it's not just once, it's thousands of times and it's with a lot of emotion. So the person, you probably heard this, the person who says that they can't and the person who says that they can are both usually right. Essentially, to reprogram yourself, you have to say, tell yourself, I can, enough times with enough emotion that you believe it enough to eventually try the thing. And then if you persist in that trying, you can do it. But it comes down to that repetition of language that you use in your mind. So when when a person has that negative talk of the I can't, what do you do to combat that? You just flip it to I can? 
Yeah, I mean, essentially, that's it. There's no secret behind it. However, there's a there's a large body of knowledge and awareness that you have to have about who you are as a spiritual being, how your mind really works, and how, on a physical world, we're able to create our reality. So mm. you're a being that exists on all three planes simultaneously. You're a spiritual being. You have an intellect. You live in this physical body. And you need to develop each er one of those areas in concert together. Mm. So there is, I mean, there's a whole, I could talk about neuroscience and the neurochemistry behind repetition of affirmations, or as Tony Robbins calls them, incantations when you use emotion and physical movement to encourage that reprogramming of your subconscious mind. But in the end, there is no secret to life except this one. It's the story we tell ourselves and believe that creates our reality. Do you, no, no other truth than that. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, do you ever tie faith into any of this? Well, all of it's faith. It's, it's again, the story you tell yourself and believe believe is faith everything comes down to belief so you believe the story that you've told yourself over and over and you act in alignment with that belief system the problem is is most of our belief system is just that it's bs we believe things that aren't true or real and we act as though they are true so 100 percent, it comes down to faith But you can, so a belief is just, an, think of this, a belief is an idea that you've repeated enough times until you agree with it. Mm. Now, you have to believe in something that is non-physical, like a goal, a dream, and you have to believe you have the power to attract that, to create it, to manifest that, and you have to act in faith that it'll all work out somehow, some way. Because we don't know for sure how things are going to happen. So there's a major, this is that spiritual component of our being that we have to act on. But we have to understand what it is. And we have to believe that we're part of it. And then we have to test it. The, the best definition of faith I've ever heard, um, and Bob Proctor has mentioned it many times in his book. He quotes it from someone else, and I couldn't find the quote right now. But that faith is the... Uh, ability to see the invisible, to see something that no one else has seen, can see, to believe the incredible, which enables you and gives you the power to receive what most people would call impossible. Mm. What are some of the best ways to combat anxiety and depression? Mm. Yeah, well, you have to understand what anxiety and depression is. All of that stems from ignorance, right? When you're in a state of lack or you don't know what you don't know, what's in your mind? You're thinking in your conscious mind, thoughts of worry, thoughts of doubt. Well, if you have too much of that worry and doubt, you're going to move into a, a state of emotion called fear. Now, that fear puts your body in a state of anxiety. Now, usually we don't walk around feeling afraid. We just walk around anxious. Like we're so used to that emotion of fear that we just experience it as anxiety. But here's the thing. When we're in that fear state, we don't express that fear. We're afraid of being fearful. So we bottle it up. We suppress. We bottle up that anxiety inside of us. And that anxiety 
long-term anxiety that's bottled up, though, that turns into depression. It's the self-hate and rejection inside turned inward. And that, I mean, that makes us sick. It comes out in our bodies. It puts our bodies in a state of dis-ease or uneasy. <laughs> Things start to fall apart. Mm -hmm. Right? So we have to understand that what's the opposite? We have to start living on the other side. And I already said, there's only one way that you're going to move that ignorance to knowledge and that's study. Mm. Developing yourself and studying yourself. How are you thinking? Mm. Instead of worry and doubt, you need to focus on gratitude, focus on any of the positive thinking. You know, um, and this is where the awareness of, of natural law and laws of the universe is so beautiful. Like one of the laws is the law of polarity. The fact that there's positive and negative in everything, right? There's no inside to this room without an outside. You know, there's no day without a night. There's no good without a bad. And in anything, there is both good and bad. So training your mind to look at the positive instead of the negative is going to be key to developing that positive mindset. But then the more you understand, the more you start to believe. So that's where your faith comes in as well. Faith and fear are opposite emotions. Mm. The more you live in faith and experience faith, the lower control fear has on your life. Both faith and fear both ask you to believe in something that you cannot see, smell, taste, touch, or mm. hear. But when you're in that state of faith, you're not anxious. You start to get excited. You start to express yourself more. You pick up momentum. And you know, like when you're driving fast on the freeway, you're actually at ease doing that. And you're in a creative state. The, the antidote for anxiety is faith and you can only see the blessings of faith if you're acting on it mm. faith is a principle of action and power not just passive i believe i believe i wish i wish no you put it into action and that's that expression it that's the opposite of suppressing anxiety you have to express your faith got you so careful what if it's what if there's mental illness involved or PTSD or trauma or people that went to war or people that have been molested or raped high? It's it's a lot of it is really easier said than done. Absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. Look, I've I've been a victim of abuse, sexual abuse. Um you know, my parents divorced at a young age. Um, uh, I almost lost my wife, um, to a brain tumor in 2015. In fact, that's one of the big catalysts for me. Um, we almost split and divorced prior to that. Um, and I think no human being has a monopoly on suffering, except I'll, I'll pull out this one. There's a great book called Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Viktor Frankl was a Jewish psychiatrist that was in Auschwitz and he has this experience that he talks about where the Nazis were taking his wedding ring. They had stripped him naked. He'd separated from his wife. His, his wife died in the camp. And as they took this wedding ring, he said, this is the last piece of my humanity that I have of my old identity. And he made the decision at that point in time 
that no matter what the Nazis were going to do to his body, his mind was off limits. And this is when he discovered the last of human freedoms is our ability to choose what we want to think. And I know for a fact, every person has that power. Now, it doesn't mean that your reality is imaginary. Like, like the, the, the poverty, the abuse, the PTSD, the things you've experienced is real, but you have the freedom to choose the thoughts in your mind. And if you can grab hold of the wheel of your mind, you can direct your life where you want it to go. Our life is about, like I said earlier, discovering all those puzzle pieces of awareness. It's about discovering how in the very depths of your trauma, there can be beauty in that, but it's yours to find and yours to unlock only yours. Well, when you were going through all those things, I know it wasn't as simple as, okay, I'm gonna just wake up and think positive thoughts. What were some of the things that you did to bring you out of that? Uh, well, asking for help, asking for help, having someone to ask help of. I mean, I, I saw a, a therapist for a long time. My wife and I saw a marriage counselor together. We also saw a family therapist with our kids. So we had to ask help. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a man of faith as well. Um, I don't want to say religious, more spiritual than anything, but there were spiritual mentors and leaders that I would ask help of. Uh, in some of my darkest moments, I prayed. But so, at some at some point, at some point, I had to make a decision about what I wanted. And here's the biggest key. Most of us are focused on what we don't want in life. We are not focused on what we want. So it's not as simple as just saying I can. You have to have a goal that is bigger than your pain. You have to have something that you want that is bad enough that you're willing to stay up late and do the work to get or that you're willing to take risks for. And you have to feed that goal, that dream with everything that you can. With all of your thoughts, all of your, all of your might, all your mind, all your strength. Because what's the alternative? For me, my back was against the wall to a degree where this has to work or i don't know i'm going to sell my house and we're going to move in with the in-laws with the kids or i might just not continue living i mean there's a there's a point where you get your back against the wall far enough where the only option you have is to go on offense in your life and that can be messy you know we we, we see you know, one of my favorite movies is The Pursuit of Happiness, um, regardless of whatever's happening with Will at this time. Right? <laughs> um, look at that. The story of that guy. I mean, he's homeless, mm -hmm. sleeping with his kid in a bathroom. He has no other options. There's a power in that if we can tap into it. And all those circumstances in our life, sometimes it brings you to that point where you do something different. And when you change, this is the thing that I've learned. When you change, everything else in your life changes. What are what are some of the best ways to become a better leader? Again, um, 
I think it's about leading in the one area that's most important in your own life, in your own mind. You know, a leader is someone that has people following them because they want to, not because they have to. Like a manager is not a leader. Mm. You know, just because someone's under you and you're following them doesn't mean that you're a leader. So you have to become the person with the results that people want to follow. Mm. And, and Napoleon Hill says this in Thinking Grow Rich that all great leaders began as intelligent followers. So follow to your best ability first. See growth and strength expressed from within you first. And then as you are ending up leading your own life, other people will begin to follow you. Now, it sounds pretty esoteric, I suppose, but it's that's kind of the truth. You've got to embody those principles in your own life first. So again, it comes all, all the way back to your own personal growth. What are your thoughts on peace? Do you think it's hard to come by? And why does it seem that it's only something that lasts momentarily? Uh, um. So, I mean, there's two kinds of peace. There's peace in the world and peace within ourselves. Um, the peace, and both of them can be like momentary and fleeting for sure. Um, I think that most people are looking for peace outside of themselves. And they're looking in the wrong place. I mean, that's, you look at like Maslow's hierarchy of needs that you need to have safety first. And, and the foundation of safety, everything else is built. And then you've got to be secure that that, that safety isn't going to go away. I, I really hope people look at the pandemic and realize that there's nothing secure outside of myself. Right? There's You can't bet on anything outside of us. What can you bet on? It's the inner security. This is a spiritual strength and security. Again, not religious, but spiritual. There has to be a power that's bigger than you and I that you're a part of and that power is in you and that power lives in you and wants to live in you. And the more you connected you are with that, the more peaceful you can be with the circumstances and conditions outside of us. I think peace is hard to attain because people are looking at it in the wrong place. Mm. You know, the peace comes from within first. The happiness comes from within first. The, the true spiritual wealth comes within us first before it shows up in the outside world. So we need to dive within ourselves rather than looking for causes outside of us. Mm. How can we think better thoughts? That's a great question. Um, because, and, and I don't think you realize, Gosford, how great that question is. Because it's not about thinking perfect thoughts. It's mm. about thinking better thoughts. You know, you might be thinking good thoughts, but how can you improve thoughts to become better? I, better is a wonderful word because you can always do better. And that doesn't mean that you're doing bad right now, but you can improve it. Uh, so, again, it's going to be about learning your mind. Um, but I'll tell you one of the best things, if you want to know what you really think, is meditation. Either of you guys have a meditation practice at all? 
Now, Just try it. Have you heard of Wim Hof breathing method? Yeah, Wim Hof, absolutely. <laughs> I know he, he's not a fan of it, but <laughs> I, I've done it. I've done it a, a few times. I try to do it more consistently, but I'm kind of sporadic with it. And I also try to spend. 30 minutes alone, you know, just in silence and just let my thoughts roam and peacefulness. So the reason meditation is so great, because we have an inner dialogue going on all the time, whether we realize it or not. Okay. And the people that are successful choose their inner dialogue, right? They choose the thoughts that they want to think, you know, an athlete is going to focus on, I'm going to make that shot, right? And they think that over and over with such amplitude that they become that and then embody it. Well, most people, chances are you might not be aware of the inner dialogue going on. So you meditate and all of a sudden it is loud as hell in your mind, right? Well, that's going on whether you hear it or not. And that's the voice that's creating your world. So you meditate to say, well, what am I thinking? Shit, I don't like what I'm thinking very much. <laughs> <laughs> right? So you have the awareness what I am thinking, and then you can choose, do I want to keep thinking that thought, or do I want to think something better? The starting point of adjusting your thoughts to better thinking is to be aware, what am I thinking now? Mm. And then you've just got to be detached from it. Like, we're so hard on ourselves all the time. We punish ourselves. We're our, our own loudest and harshest critic so you have to uncritically observe these thoughts say well do i want to keep thinking that what would, what would be better than that and find that thought and then you have to intentionally repeat it over and over again mm, okay so it seems like a lot of it is just repetitiveness just keep doing it until it's just ingrained yes. That's it. But repeating it with emotion too, mm. right? We can think a thought because how our brain works is a thought is a, is a light message. It's electricity that's sent through neurons and the two neurons meet together. And when they meet, it's actually a chemical reaction between the two and a strong emotion fuses those neurons together. So if you were to say, you know, what, you know, I'm a millionaire, 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 I'm a millionaire. But your inside voice is like, yeah, right. There's no way you're going to do that. Who do you think you are? Well, it's counterproductive. But if you can say, I'm a millionaire and believe it, I'm a millionaire. I'm going to be a millionaire no matter what. Someday I'm going to be a millionaire. I know it. I'm going to be a multimillionaire. I know I'm going to be. And you have that emotion to it. And you turn off that doubt. Well, your brain is going to hardwire that. And once it's hardwired and becomes part of your operating system, now you think within that context of being a millionaire. And you might not have the results, but you're going to have ideas and impressions. Maybe I could do this. Maybe I, maybe I got to quit my job. Maybe I got to do this. Maybe I got to put together some podcasts. Maybe I got to, I don't know. But your brain is trying to find a way to make it true for you. Mm. Your brain is always working for you to try and affirm and try and find a way to make your thoughts and beliefs true in the outside world, whether you realize it or not. But emotion is going to be key to that repetition. What you said, emotion. Yeah. What about those that may struggle with emotion? 
So there's lots of causes to that, right? So you mentioned mental health early and that, you know, everyone's brain is different. Everybody's functions a little different. Um, emotion is simply a chemical response in your, in your brain. Um, that's our awareness of that emotion, right? Um, there are ways that you can, I mean, obviously sometimes medication is an important thing, right? To help with people. Um, but also, um, I believe that people who struggle with emotion, though they might have something physical, like my wife's a great example. The reason my wife and I were on the verge of potentially divorce is she was very emotionally unavailable. Um, and her brain tumor was right in between her brainstem and her cerebellum on her left side. Cerebellum is the emotional processing center. She built a wall to protect herself from emotion because of some of the things that she lived with in her childhood. She believes at this point, she built that wall right into her brain to protect herself from emotion. Now that might sound far fetched, but she, she had some barriers there. Uh, the, the tumor was directly, uh, directly related to her thought process. Like, that's what she definitely will believe at this point. Now, part of it's genetic inherited. Her mom has a very similar tumor, but it's not affecting her life. Mm. But when my wife had acknowledged the fact that she was afraid of her emotions and that this brain tumor was physically impeding her ability to process emotions, you, there's no amount of, of processing that is going to be able to allow her to say, no, the brain tumor just happened of itself or genetically. She contributed to it. Mm. See, our body is an instrument of our mind. It can make us sick. It can make us well. Science still doesn't understand the placebo effect, right? Take a medication that has is a sugar pill and you can have amazing results or totally get sick. So people that have are not experiencing emotion, who knows what's happening? I'm not telling, saying anybody's got a brain tumor if they can't feel emotions, but their body is adapted and responded. And anything can be changed. I believe that anything can be healed. Sometimes the doctors have to be involved, sometimes not. And I'm not talking about magic. I'm saying there is a power within our body that wants to express life. And if we tap into it, we can become healthier. And so whatever the cause is of why someone might struggle with emotion, I have to believe because good and bad things exist and the polarity exists. There has to be a way for someone to walk into that awareness of emotion over time. And it takes practice and it takes effort. And there might be medication involved. There might be some intervention that, that modern medicine has to have. But I don't believe that anything is permanent in our bodies or our minds. So what about a person like a Hitler that just wants calamity and destruction and wants people to suffer? It's all a matter of perception. Now, I'm not a fan of Hitler. But do you think Hitler thought that he was the bad guy in his world? No. And even and even uh, uh, he likes superheroes like Thanos thinks he's the good guy. They all think they're the That's good exactly guy. That's exactly it, dude. <laughs> That's exactly it. Thanos sees himself as the hero. Is that this not? Is... What was that? Is that not delusional? Huh. From our perspective, yes. From our perspective, yes. But to him, but that's the power of belief that you can convince yourself of anything. You know the most. This is what I love about superhero movies, too. You know, the villains 
are, you know, convinced that they're the heroes of their own reality. Ooh. And the very the very rare people like the Joker that just wants chaos, well, he loves that. He thrives in that kind of chaos. That's joyful to him. That's so good and bad is a lot in large manner a matter of perception. Mm-hmm. But there is a spiritual law underneath all of this that spirit is seeking to expand and increase life. So there is a there is a morality. You know, Thanos did not contribute to creating more life, clearly. Neither did Hitler. But be careful what you think and what you believe. Because you may not be believing the right things. Those are perfect examples of how twisted someone's mind can be and how far away separate they can come from spirit. Right? Why, I mean, why do you think we have so much division between political parties, Republicans and Democrats? Man, no one wakes up in the morning and say, I can't wait to be the most evil person in politics. No, they wake up and say, I want to do what I believe is right and good. And that's just so subjective. It just depends on someone's person points of view. But you know what? Going back to being liars, we're so afraid of being wrong. We're not talking anymore. We're not sharing ideas. We're strengthening our opinions. We're not collaborating. Mm-hmm. We're polarizing instead of coming together because mm-hmm. we're so afraid to be wrong. Mm, that's real interesting. I think that that's one that's one of my life goals is to help bring people together. So it's very interesting. Interesting that you say that. Wow. Yeah. How can um get a You're you're thinking, man. I can't. I got you. Thanos really thought he was doing the world a service by getting rid of half of it. Like, <laughs> so how how can we have more action? How can we do more action? Implement action more into our lives. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's a mechanical action that you can do. Um, that will get you some results. That's just doing the same thing every day because someone told you. Um, for example, um, I mean, let's if someone wants to start like a Shopify store or sell stuff on Amazon, right? You're going to buy some course. Someone's going to teach you what to do and just do these things. And there's that mechanical level of action that can get you some results, right? Um, however, there's a whole other aspect to action that we're missing, and that is intuitive action inspired action right Mm -hmm. because when we rely on someone else's plan for us to reach our goals and whatever that action is um sometimes it's not aligned sometimes you can be hitting your head against the wall and not even know it right what we need to be doing is connecting with our higher selves connecting with that god within us the spirit within us the universe however you want to call it that that's looking at your life from the thirty thousand foot view and who sees the problems and everything coming up down the road and they can warn you and guide you that's intuition can guide you through those challenges so how do you develop that sort of intuitive guidance well the best thing to do is if you have a goal again with repetition you need to repeat that goal to yourself write it down every day write down the goal every day say it to yourself all the time use a mirror look in the mirror and tell yourself i'm going to be a millionaire or whatever it is And as you suggest this goal to yourself over and over, thinking grow rich talks about this by Napoleon Hill. He says, as you suggest the goal to yourself and see yourself achieving that goal, be on the lookout for the plans. And when plans appear, they probably jump into your mind as a flash of inspiration. 
And when you receive that inspiration, he says, consider it a direct telegram from infinite intelligence. Treat it with respect and act upon it immediately. If you want to do more, you have to program your mind with your goal through auto suggestion. I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm so happy and grateful now that I earn over a million dollars every year. I'm so happy and grateful now that I have a successful podcast with millions of viewers. I'm so happy and grateful that this is that I am the number one NBA player in the world. I, I, Muhammad Ali, I'm so happy and gr grateful now that I am the greatest. And he has ideas that come, you know, to him and he takes action on those ideas. So auto suggestion and anybody, if, if, if this is a word that isn't familiar, you need to pick up the book, Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill and read that chapter auto suggestion out loud every day for 30 days or more in a row until you become convinced that that principle can deliver to you the ideas and plans that you need to reach your goals. That's how you figure out what you do. It's with inspiration, right? To be inspired, to take risks. How do you inspire others? To be inspired yourself. Again, it all comes back to ourselves within, right? Um, so I might inspire others, but I've learned to just like half the things I say are for me <laughs> anyways. And so I'm always eavesdropping and listening to myself. I can't wait to see what I say on this, right? To, to be inspired yourself is first and foremost our biggest priority. And then as we are inspired and let our light shine, we can inspire others. But here's the thing, like you, you've heard this, right? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. See, mm -hmm. people don't resist change, don't resist growth. They resist being changed, being forced by another person. So really, you can't force anybody to do anything else. They have to choose of their own willingness, of their own mind, make their own decisions. And so you be the light and be the solution in your own life. And other people will say, how did you do that? Show me how you did that. So in one sense, it almost sounds selfish to focus on yourself and not other people, but you're the most powerful person in your reality. And you are never going to be the most powerful person in someone else's reality. That spot's reserved for them. So, but as you, as, as you shine your light, you give them permission to shine theirs, you know, all of the world's problems could be solved if everyone in the world did that. Mm. What is what is love to you? That's a great question. Uh, I think I think love is pure spirit. You know, I I, I think as spiritual beings, as consciousness, I think that we are an embodiment of love. And when we find another person or an idea or a goal or a thing that we want, and we fall in love with a piece of music or a movie or the dream car that you want to have, I think that that is resonance. That is some, some part in us, that spiritual awareness of who we are, that divine perfection in us that resonates with that person, that thing, that opportunity, that idea. And that that resonance is what we call love, falling in love with someone or falling in love with an idea. It's some it's resonating with our being. Mm 
on some level. So why did you start on TikTok and where do you want to take your career? Yeah, great. Um, I started on TikTok because I, I you know, I, I started coaching for Bob, uh, Bob's material, the late Bob Proctor in 2018. Um, I was a student studying his programs going back to 2016 and I had an okay success. I had a living. It was great. Um, I had a mastermind partner and then a mentor both mentioned in the same week that there's got to be some way um, you can use TikTok to grow your business. And uh, this was about 2020, uh, summer of 2020. And uh, I didn't know what the hell TikTok was, man. Um, I downloaded it. And, you know, when you first open the app, there's all kinds of crazy stuff on there. Like, And I'm like, how in the world am I going to do this? But there was some inner knowing, again, that resonance, that love. There's some inner knowing that I had, like, TikTok's going to be good for your business. So I studied the program. I played around with it. And all of a sudden, I decided I needed to start making content. So I made my first TikTok in 20. Uh, it was New Year's Eve 2020. Um, I got a couple hundred views and just kept trying to do it and just said, I'm going to just make a whole bunch of content. Now, along with that, I've already told you, I was auto suggesting my, my goal. I was writing my goal every single day. I was visualizing it. I was meditating on it. My goal is going to be, be one of Bob's top consultants in the world. I want to get this, this little silver pin, um, award, um, that Bob gives for, you know, reverse for reserves for his top 1%. So I was visualizing getting that from him. And I, like, I had this idea, like, I remember writing out my goal one day. I'm like, I need to make some tick content right now. And I po popped up on my phone and there was a video I could stitch. And I'm like, like, I got that flash of intuition, like, Hey, make this video. And, uh, I made that video and it, you know, got a couple mm. million views. Right. And all of a sudden my world changed overnight. Mm. So I knew TikTok was intuitive for me and I've been focused on, my goals and auto suggesting to myself, like, what can I say to help reach people? Because my goal is to impact lives and help people step into their power and find the people who are ready and able, eager and willing to, to jump into work with me so that I can share all my knowledge with them. So I got to first communicate to them. And TikTok was a great way to do it. So it was inspired and it's like done amazing things for me. Um, but what's more important is it's amazing the lives that I've touched. Now, I'll, I'll be honest, not every single person that's started to work with me has great results because some people quit. Some people give up. And I can't own that responsibility because there's other people that don't quit and they persevere and they've found dream jobs and they're starting their own businesses and they're multiplying their income. You know, where I want to go is I just want to work with more and more people. Mm. You know, I, I, and it's not about me. It's not about my ego. It's about those results that I get for, for, well, that someone else gets just because I've encouraged them or taught them, you know, where do I want to go with my career? I, um, you know, I'm doing what I love. I want to do more of it and on a bigger scale, yeah. because I think if people really recognized that they were powerful and could accomplish anything, anything that they wanted to, that they really wanted to, that was in alignment with their spirit. I think this world will be a much better place. I really love working with people who are creatives, um, you know, actors, musicians, artists. I've quite a few artists I've worked with. I'd love to work with people that want to be politicians and leaders who can then take these ideas and transform the world further. 
And I just want to enjoy that that journey and see where people go. Do I want to be the next Tony Robbins? I don't know. Maybe that might be fun. But you know what? I don't want that from an ego standpoint. I need to have my ego in check before I go to that scale because I don't want it to all go to my head. I got a big head, but I don't want it all go go to my head there. Um, I just want to be uh, proactive in people's life. I'll tell you the most important thing. My kids, my oldest is 13. My youngest is 10. I want to see them live aligned with their potential. And the only way I can do that is to be walking into mine. My last question, how can others get into your profession? Ah, well, you know, there's a whole lot of people out there, uh, a whole lot of coaching programs for people to become coaches. And I'll tell you this. um, I think there's a lot of people that buy into being coaches that don't have any business being a coach themselves. Mm. There's a lot of programs out there and a lot of things um, that are going to make big promises about how people can have a big career. I think this is the hardest thing in the world that I could have chosen. It might seem like, boy, I'm a natural fit for this, but this is because I put years of work into it. I've had to look at every single shadowy corner of my life and my belief system and evaluate it and replace it and grow. And that's been painful. But if someone wants to be an inspirational speaker or a coach, they need to have their own coach. Every coach needs a coach. I was a great career coach, but when I heard those words given to me, every coach needs a coach. I went, Oh my gosh, of course. Cause I have no blind. I have no idea what my blind spots are. Mm-hmm. You have to be a client and a product of new thinking. Your life has to be the embodiment of the new thinking you want to help other people with. Otherwise mm-hmm. you cannot help someone in a way that you haven't helped yourself. That's why with the clients mm-hmm. I work with, like I never tell someone to do something I never have done before. So be a product of the new thinking, hire a coach, hire a mentor to work with you and you'll become a better coach because of it. Well, that is all I have for you today, sir. I thank you so much for coming on. I thank you so much for taking your time out of your day. Awesome. I've really enjoyed it, gentlemen. Thank you so much.